0: the mysterious old radio listening society podcast Welcome to the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society, a podcast dedicated to suspense, crime, and horror stories from the golden age of radio. I'm Aaron. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua.
1: We love mysterious old-time radio stories, but do they stand the test of time?
0: That's what we're here to find out. Today, we return to the Listener Library for a suggestion from our mysterious listener, Claire. Claire writes... Hello, gents. A friend of mine recommended your show to me a month ago, and since then, I've been thoroughly hooked. I came across an episode from CBS Radio Mystery Theater, which I thought you guys might enjoy. It's called The Gollum, and I fell in love with it the moment I heard it. If you happen to give it a listen, I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Thank you, and please keep up the splendid work.
2: CBS Radio Mystery Theater was broadcast on CBS Radio Affiliates from 1974 to 1982. The series was part of a concerted attempt to reinvigorate the lost art of of radio drama. In addition to CBS Radio Mystery Theater, the network launched the General Mills Radio Adventure Theater in 1977 and Sears Radio Theater in 1979. Other similar attempts to revive the medium included NPR's Earplay and Rod Serling's syndicated series The Zero Hour.
1: Today's story, The Golem, was written by Sam Dan, who contributed more than 300 scripts to CBS Radio Mystery Theater. Dan began his writing career in the 1950s, writing for the radio series Shandu the Magician, before transitioning to television, penning scripts for Kraft Playhouse, and The Further Adventures of Ellery Queen. Two of Dan's stories for CBS Radio Mystery Theater were later adapted into novels. The episode Children of Death, first broadcast February 5th, 1976, became the basis for Dan's 1979 novel, the Third Body and Goodbye Carl Eric from July 16, 1975 was
0: expanded into a 1985 novel by the same name. And now, let's listen to The Golem from CBS Radio Mystery Theater, first aired December 30th, 1974.
2: It's late at night and a chill has set in. You're alone and the only light you see is coming from an antique radio. Listen to the sound coming from the speakers. Listen to the music and listen to the voices.
3: Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. Once again, I invite you to sail with me on a mysterious voyage into the unknown, unexplored country of the human mind. To be fair, it must be said that the mass murder of millions of human beings was not invented during our century. But to be accurate, it should be noted that in our generation massacres holocausts and wholesale slaughter in general has been developed into what might be considered a fine art certainly the atrocities that ancient uncivilized barbarians committed in paroxysms of superstitious passion have been performed in our day with an almost impersonal and scientific objectivity is this better or worse or does it matter
4: him. Trust
3: him. He'll save us. Save us? us? How? Your, your grandfather is
5: old and sick. We have no weapons. My grandfather will save us. Now look, there are a hundred soldiers coming up this hill. Can you see them? I see them. See us too. Have no fear. Have no fear. In a, in a minute we'll all be dead. My
4: grandfather will save us. Believe me. Why?
5: Why are you so sure he can save us? Because he promised. He promised. <laughs> he promised. Oh, dear Lord. Maybe maybe we'd better surrender. No,
4: no. Trust my grandfather. He always keeps his promise. Well,
5: then what is he waiting
4: for? Have faith. Have faith.
3: Our mystery drama, The Golem. ...was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Robert Lansing. There are times in the history of the human race when things become unstuck. The glue of morality melts under the intense heat of hideous pressures... ...and men are no longer tied to a rational society... Suddenly, the world is ruled by madmen, and human beings are arbitrarily divided into two groups, the hunters and the hunted. The year is 1943. We're in a cottage in the thick woods that surround a country town in a vast wilderness somewhere in Central Europe. The man is a forester. He is sitting quietly before a pleasant fire. His wife is telling a bedtime story to a sleepy child in a crib.
6: And so the king said to each of the suitors who came to ask for his daughter's hand, All of you are handsome and all of you are strong. But the one who was chosen must also have a good heart. He must be kind to the poor and he must protect the weak. Shh, I think she's asleep. Now I can heat up your supper. Just imagine, Tomchek. I was able to get beef today. Think of it, beef.
5: I'm not hungry.
6: You're not hungry. Tomchek, what what is the matter? I don't know. Something's wrong.
5: I don't want to talk about it.
6: Eat your supper. You will feel better.
5: I'll never feel better. <laughs> I was in town today. Yes? And in the square there were soldiers, Germans, the Nazis that. They rounded up about a hundred people. Jews. Yes. And they were shoving them into trucks.
4: Why should we care?
5: Taking them away to kill them.
6: Well, it's war, and do
5: you know what I did? No. I did nothing.
6: I don't understand. What
5: were you supposed to do? Once I saw a man who was whipping a horse, an old Uh, sick horse. Do you know what I did to that man? Tom,
6: Jack, please, you you only
5: got... And all he was doing was whipping a horse. Oh. And today in the square, I... I did nothing. All of us, we just stood around. We all did nothing. Most people pretended that nothing was happening. Tom Chick, please. Let me tell you who was there. I'm not interested. A very old man with a long white beard. He was standing next to a young girl. I I just don't want to hear anymore. Standing quietly, very quietly, looking straight ahead. And it so happened that his eyes looked straight into mine. Please, Tom Chick. His eyes, they asked me for help, but I... I turned my head away. I denied him.
6: If, if you've done anything Anything at all You'd be dead Who, who could that be? I don't know now, Are you sure you didn't do anything? I told
5: you I did nothing
6: I'll open it
5: Who are you? It's the old man and the young girl Please, please, Mary, come in Just to get
4: warm at your fire My grandfather sick and he needs please oh, a little water J- just a little water oh, and, and a piece of bread young girl young girl
6: please I, I want to help oh you. God bless you I can't I, I can't please don't ask me to they'll burn the house down they'll, they'll kill us just let my grandfather get warm for a moment oh, no, no 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 please don't come in
4: they'll find out you were here please don't destroy us have mercy on us I'm sorry I disturbed you. Come, Grandfather. There is no one at home here. Don't check. What are you staring
5: at? Did you see the old man's eyes?
6: Now, don't check.
5: How those eyes looked I, into mine.
6: I tell you, I, I won't listen.
5: And for the second time today, I denied him.
6: haven't touched a bite. Y- you worked hard all day. You must eat.
5: I think I'll go for a walk. Now? Yes.
6: In this weather, but it's crazy. Now, look, you
7: listen I think to you've me. said
5: enough for one day.
8: <gasps>
6: Open! In the name of the what That's it! Yes. Tom, let me do the talking. Please let me do the talking. Open! Yes! Yes! Oh, good evening, Lieutenant. Well, that is the Lieutenant's insignia, isn't it?
7: As if you don't know. We're looking for
8: two escaped
7: criminals. Criminals? An old man with a white beard.
5: A girl about 20. What crime did they commit? (laughs) Dominic. What crime? (laughs) You're a funny one,
7: (laughs)
6: Oh, check this is no time for your jokes. The soldiers are here on serious business.
7: You say you haven't seen them? No, uh, no, lieutenant. Then you should have no objection if we search the house. <laughs> oh, why should we object? Inside, boys.
8: Oh,
6: my God. Uh, that, that that staircase leads up to the attic, and uh, this trapdoor is for the cellar.
7: You are check Masdarik. The yes,
6: yes, he is, and and um, I'm his wife, Marina.
7: You've seen no one all day, no sir. Well, those vermin can't go far.
5: What will you do with them if you catch them?
7: You mean when we catch them? They've given us too much trouble already. We'll just shoot them. Oh, excuse me. I had noticed you have a little one. Uh, Yes. Asleep there in the crib. (laughs) Boys, boys, move about more quietly. Uh, Oh. She is a little princess, isn't she?
6: Yes. She'll be five in November.
7: You know I have one. She'll be four.
6: Her name is Olga.
7: Really? Mine is called Helga. It's the same name, you know. Uh, Boys, there's no one hiding around here. Form them up outside, sergeant. Uh, Uh,
6: won't you have a glass of wine, Lieutenant? Oh, no, not
7: on duty. Uh, what is your husband's name again? Good. And if you can find them for us, there'll be a handsome reward for your work.
6: Oh, Chek doesn't want a reward. Thrilled to be of
7: service. They say you know these forests better than any man living.
6: He knows every tree.
7: I want you to come with me. Me? Mm-hmm. Do you have any objections? I need a guide. Oh. You'd know every likely hiding place. Oh, he certainly would. And if you can find them for us, there'll be a handsome reward for your work.
6: Oh, Tom Jack doesn't want a reward. That, that's just the knowledge that he's doing his duty.
7: <laughs> you know, Tom Jack. my wife is like that, too. I can never get a word in edgewise when she's around. <laughs> well, let us go. Oh, what do you mean now? Now.
5: Yes, Tom I would suggest we go no further. Why? Well, there's no more. The terrain is getting too treacherous. Is it? You've got gullies, ravines. A man can fall and break a leg. No. You wouldn't be trying to frighten me, would you? Well, why would I want to do that, Lieutenant? Or well, maybe you don't want to find them. They're nothing to me.
8: <laughs>
5: <laughs> That's one of your men. Sounds like Stryker.
7: Sergeant, get some men over there fast. Hey, well, Tomchek. you may have been right. I can't see a thing out here.
8: Is the Strachan all right? Yeah, it is right. We'll have to carry
7: him back. Sergeant, bring everybody close to the path. We're heading home. <laughs> Tomchek, what chance do they have to survive out there? <laughs> None. Well, we'll make sure of that tomorrow morning. Sure? Uh, no, no thanks. Oh, go ahead, take one. You know you're dying for a smoke. Well... Keep the pack. Plenty of cigarettes. Yes, plenty of good food, good jobs. Four sensible people. Tell me something, check Are you a sensible person? Uh, yeah. Have a light. What is it, Tomczyk? What's the matter? Uh, the matter? As I struck the match, I could see your face. You had a uh, funny look. As if you were in pain. Uh, well, I, I have this arthritis. Uh... Oh, uh-huh. well, so do I. But from the look on your face, yours must be pretty bad. Oh, uh, yes.
5: Well, get some sleep. Tomorrow could be another long day. Lieutenant. Lieutenant, do we. Do we have to keep looking for them? Do we have to? All you do when you find them is shoot them. perhaps. In a day or two, they'll they'll be dead of cold and hunger, anyhow.
4: Oh, you're
6: back! Did they? No. I have something nice and hot for you to drink. Take off your coat. Why are you just standing there? Shh!
5: shh, shh. I want to make sure. I want to make sure the Nazis are gone.
6: Why don't you take off your coat?
5: I'm going out again right away.
6: Where? I demand to know where.
5: There are two people who need help. But you
6: just said they didn't find them.
5: That's right. They didn't. The Nazis didn't find them. But I found them. How? How could you? The lieutenant and I, we'd, we'd stopped to light a cigarette. He was facing one way and I another. In the flare of the match, I could see near a tree in the darkness. The face of the old man.
6: You saw the old
5: man? It was only, only for a moment, but that moment was as long as eternity. His eyes burned into mine. The pleading. Don't you.
6: Please listen to me. Shh,
5: shh, shh. Once again, I turned my head away. And a voice whispered in my ear, a voice I had never heard before whispered,
0: This night,
5: you shall deny me three times. I have denied him three times I cannot deny him again
3: Oh, how easy it is to believe in brotherly love When your brother is lovable And respectable And acceptable But what do you do about those brothers Who are hated and hunted Who have every man's hand turned against them Well, that's when you find out what you really believe the hard way. I shall return shortly with Act Two. His name is Tomchek. Her name is Marina. They live in a great mountainous forest that covers much of Central Europe. Around them swirl distant echoes of the greatest war in history. And yet, their lives seem but little touched. True, almost every night, they hear the drone of Liberators, Lancasters, and B-17s. But their small town is hardly ever hit. And true... There are people who are being ruthlessly exterminated. But as Marina keeps reminding Tomchik, it's none of their affair. And it wasn't. Until tonight. Tomchik, what, what are you saying? Heard a voice. No, no, no. A voice that said... Oh, please,
5: I'm frightened. The voice said, this night you shall deny me three times. And I have, I have. <gasps> What are you going to do? I need blankets. No, no, no. Food. I, I won't let you... Something inside it, me it's is witchcraft. making... witchcraft. The old man, he bewitched you. No, no, you and I, we don't believe in that. All right,
6: all right. You can not help yourself. I know.
5: The voice keeps telling me I must go out there.
6: I know, no, no Let me help you. You want to help me? Yes, I'll get a rope. I'll tie
5: you to the what bed. What are you talking
6: about? I'll be able you... to hold you here. Let me. No, no, Please. Come, Jack Will you I'll get out of God. my way? No, I'll leave this place I'll save myself and our child Come, Jack Oh, Lord, save us
5: Old man Old man, you're here, I know it Will you trust me, I want to help you Where are you? I have to be here. I want to help you. Oh. No, no, no,
8: no! Don't be afraid.
5: If, if you mean to kill us, do it quickly. Oh, sh- I've come to help you.
6: Why?
5: Because you know, the old man. Where is he? You can't just let him lie on the ground like that.
4: I don't have any more strength. Oh,
5: he'll freeze to death. We we'll have to get him to his feet. Come on, come on, old man. He's unconscious. We must make him walk
4: Let him die In peace No,
5: he's going to live For how long? Who knows how long anyone will live Here Here, put this blanket around his shoulders And take this Uh, one for yourself uh, Come on, old man We must walk Where? It's to a hidden place It's a place I know It's a cave
4: Oh, bless you Do you realize how much you're doing for us?
5: Uh, it's not very much. I remember once I did more for a horse.
4: I never thought I'd be warm again.
5: You're less than five hundred yards away from this cave.
4: The smoke from the fire will—will will somebody no, see sc- it?
5: No, no, no. There's nothing to worry about. This cave is my secret. Here. Drink this hot.
4: Grandfather?
5: Shh, let him sleep. he will get better now. I saw you earlier today in the square. How did you escape?
4: Well, you see... Oh, I can tell you, I know it. I, I can trust you. My grandfather is... was a, a chemist in Prague. Yes. When the Nazis took over, he... He was afraid that, that they would force him to work for them. And, and, and so he, he went in... Well, we went into hiding, and, and it's been that way. Running from place to place.
5: It's well, almost five years. How did you manage?
4: There were all sorts of people. Some were kind enough to help us. Others betrayed us.
5: But you got away. Well, the officer in charge of the convoy, the,
4: the lieutenant, mm-hmm. he, he kept looking at my grandfather... All right. He must have recognized him. Grandfather was was a very famous research chemist. Yes. He'd been working on a formula that would release explosive forces m- much, much more powerful than dynamite.
5: No, I... Really, I don't understand. I'm not very educated. I'm only a peasant. I don't really understand it either. It, and I've been to the university.
4: But he is afraid that they could torture him to working for them. So... So he said to me... He said yes he said let us try to run away and, and then they'll shoot us and, and that way it'll be over quickly
5: but how did you run away
4: after we left the square they, they drove us to the edge of the forest and, and the truck had a blowout and they ordered everyone off of it well grandfather took my hand and and we walked toward the woods
5: what do you mean just like that
4: at any moment, we expected to hear shots and, and be killed. But nothing
5: happened. How do you account for us? Well, I, I suppose they didn't think anyone would dare to escape. And they were so busy yelling at the
4: driver for his carelessness. And so we just kept walking. Rebecca.
5: Rebecca. Oh, here, he's coming around. Rebecca. Is that your name, Rebecca?
4: No, My name is Rachel. Rebecca. Where are you? I don't understand. He doesn't know anyone named Rebecca. Rebecca.
8: Grandpa. There you are, child.
4: Grandpa, don't you know who I am?
8: Of course, my child. You're Rebecca, daughter of my oldest son, Ezra. Grandpa. Don't you know who you are? Child, what are these questions? I know who I am. I am Solomon ben Isaac, rabbi of Prague. Uh, where is the book? The book? The book. It was sent to me by my old friend, the Spanish rabbi. The Spanish
4: uh, rabbi?
8: You know him, Moses ben Maimonides. Maimonides? grandfather, Maimonides has been dead for more than 700 years. And in this book, he speaks of a golem. A golem? How it is possible to create a champion... to make out of clay a man of irresistible force who will come to the rescue of, of, of oppressed people. Uh, golem. Oh, Grandfather. Uh, I, I will create such a champion, and he will rescue our people. <laughs> now, now, child, you must not disturb me. I must close my eyes and think. Yes, Yes, Grandfather.
4: Oh, his mind is gone. It's gone.
8: What? What was
5: he talking about?
4: Oh, a legend. A a medieval Hebrew legend. About a golem. It must have been the golem of Prague who saved our people once. During some troubled times. A legend? A creature. Made by one of our wise men, but...
5: Uh, You don't have to understand the legend. He thinks
4: he's a 13th century rabbi.
8: He was never interested in history. Rebecca? Uh, Yes, Grandfather? I will save us. You see, I'll save all of us. I promise. (laughs) Child, I have never broken my promise.
6: I was scared out of my wits. I, I thought you'd be caught and shot. Well, I wasn't. You found them, I suppose.
5: Let's not talk about it. That—that's. Yes, the... I, I know who that is. Let him in. <laughs> As if we have anything to say about
6: it. Don't despise me, Tom. is it so terrible to want to live? <laughs> oh, Lieutenant. Good morning. Uh, a cup of coffee, Lieutenant. Oh,
7: run, on duty. Well, Tomchek, ready? Yes, sir. You look as if you didn't even get to sleep last
6: night. Oh, oh, Lieutenant, sometimes he's just restless. Here,
7: take these, Tomchek. Well, well, what's in the package, Lieutenant? Pills? Pills? I stopped at our dispensary. I got you some pills for your
5: arthritis. Tomchek?
6: But you don't have arthritis? Uh,
5: Yes, I do.
6: Oh, what are you talking about? Since when do you have arthritis?
5: Well, I. uh... Ah, well.
7: Maybe he's had it since last night, eh? Tom Jack, we must be off to the hunt.
6: Oh, Lieutenant! What are you doing, Marina? Uh, but Tom Chek isn't at home. He, uh, isn't? Well, uh, you, you didn't tell him you'd, you'd want to come...
7: Yes, and... that's right, I didn't, but, uh, I hadn't come here to see Tom Jack. No. I want to see you.
6: Come come in. Thank you. Uh,
7: I want to help you. Help me? First off, Tomczyk told me a lie. A
6: lie? About, about what?
7: About having arthritis.
6: Oh, oh but he, he does.
7: Oh, he does. No. Yes. No. Now, it's a minor thing, a silly thing, but he told me a lie. Why does a man lie? He lies because he's nervous and frightened. Why should Tomczyk be nervous and frightened? Because he's doing something wrong, something seriously wrong. Like what? Like hiding fugitives? You see how simple and logical it is. But,
6: but Tomczyk wouldn't, you know. He he could. He, he could. would.
3: He could.
7: He is. For three days now, he's been leading me all around the woods. There isn't a trace of those two. Oh, but... He's got me... them hidden away. Otherwise, how could they have disappeared so completely?
6: Oh, Tom, Tomczyk would, would never...
7: Marina, you're his wife. You love him. And right now, you're the only one who can save him. But, Lieutenant... Quiet. Shall I tell you
3: how you can save him? And suddenly a word, a single word, sears itself into Marina's consciousness. The word is betrayal. How can something she has yet to find out be a betrayal of someone or something that is very important to her husband? And just as he heard a voice in his heart, she also hears one now. A voice that says, one of you... ...shall betray me. I will return shortly with Act 3. There are times when it seems that the Lord sleeps... ...and the world is abandoned to the will of the wicked. And during such times, perhaps the wisest course... Perhaps the only course is to survive, to endure, to wait for a long night to end, and to hope for a new day. But meanwhile, one must live. And right now, a young woman named Marina, whose home is in Central Europe during the Nazi occupation, is listening to what she must do if she is
7: to live. Marina, I need those two prisoners.
6: But Tomchek doesn't... No,
7: you mustn't pretend you don't know Tomchek is guilty.
6: Lieutenant, please.
7: Don't don't cry. Tomchek, being Tomchek, would sooner die than betray them. But Tomchek doesn't... No, 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 no. We must not go back to the beginning. We're past all that. Therefore, you must find out from Tomchek... Where they are hidden, but, but t- and you will find out in twenty-four hours. Or do you know what I will do? I will shoot Tom <gasps> Do You hear the
8: noise, Rebecca? The noise, Grandfather? Uh, uh, the noise of the mob in the streets. They're, they're getting ready. Ready to kill. Grandfather, try to rest. Uh, rest? Uh, now? The people they must not make the same mistake as last time. They must not try to barricade themselves in the synagogue. They should come out here to this cave, an excellent hiding place. And besides, the Rolem can be more effective. Out in the open. The golem. Yes, child. I can make a golem. But that's impossible. What you wish to say is that only God can make a living creature. Huh? Well, that's true. But the golem is not a living person. The golem is a force.
4: Yes, grandfather. Yes, but now, rest.
8: A man-made force. Uh, where is Tom, Tomczyk, the young peasant who is so kind? He will try to return. Uh, could he get me some salt, some clay, and some... Yes, yes, uh, yes,
4: grandfather, whatever you like. Now, please, rest.
6: Mm. Oh, uh, my poor Tom Check, you've fallen asleep over your dinner.
5: Uh, yes, well, I'm so tired.
6: Ah, oh, it's too much for you, Tom Check.
5: I have to go out.
6: Please, please,
5: Marina. Right, I'm sorry. I must do this now. Don't try to talk me out of it.
6: But I don't want to do that. If what you're doing is important to you, it must also be important to me, and so. Well, I must also be a part of it. I want to help.
5: No, it's too dangerous.
6: I must be a part of whatever you do, Tomchek. Don't you understand?
5: I, too, must help. Marina, I... Marina, I love you so much.
6: That old man, he must be terribly ill. He is. Well, he needs good nursing care. Now, you know I could do that. Would you? Where is he? Tom check.
5: Marina, you—you you look so beautiful right now. It must be because you feel beautiful.
6: Where are they hidden? Wait,
5: Marina. Once I tell you, I will. You become a part of it too.
6: Where, Tom? Check.
5: You know the cave. The cave. Have you know, if you've forgotten? We found it that day when we went walking. We went inside. Oh. Yeah.
6: Yes, I remember.
5: The old man is terribly sick. He needs you, Marina.
6: Well, now, first, first I must go to town. To town? Why? Well, there's Olga. I'll take the child to my brother's house.
8: Of course, she'll be safe
6: there. And, uh, then I'll stop for some medicine. And Tomczyk? Yes? I love you. I know. Oh, Tomczyk, you'll never know how much...
4: it. He talks to himself. Oh, I'm frightened.
5: Oh, no, no, most people talk to themselves.
4: No, no. He talks to himself in Hebrew. Well? He has never learned Hebrew. He doesn't know it.
5: Are you sure?
4: Yes. And from what I can understand, it, it's a kind of medieval Hebrew. ...that hasn't been spoken in hundreds of years. Now, how would he know it?
5: I don't understand. What is that? I... I
4: I don't know how to explain. all over the floor, all the way back in the cave. What has he done? Well, he... He took the clay that that you brought
5: him and, and... Well, he's... He's making... He's... It's in the... It's in the form of a man...
4: Yes, he, he he's been making a, a golem.
5: Whatever it is, it's, it's like a giant. Where
4: where did he get the clay? He made it from the that that you brought.
5: I didn't bring all that much.
4: <laughs> yes, it's it's frightening. It it, it seems to be growing. I, I can't believe my eyes, but there it is. Grandfather, please. Tell us. Brother. Be quiet. But grandfather. Sir, so what is
5: that? I
8: am about to write down certain words, certain awful words, and in this place there must be silence—the silence of the dead.
7: I shall keep my promise, Marina. You have my word. You'll even be rewarded. Well?
6: They're... They're hiding in a cave.
7: A cave? You must do better than that, my dear.
6: You, uh... You pick up the pathway just past our house. And you follow it north for two miles. Now you come to a deep ravine. In front of you is... is what looks like a wall of solid rock.
7: But it isn't.
6: No. Because when you climb to the top of it... you will see the entrance to the cave. Thank you.
7: Sergeant, place her under arrest.
6: But but you said... I
7: said you'd be rewarded. At this point, I don't know how. If you're lying, a firing squad will give you 30 leaden bullets. If you're truthful... There. There are 30 silver kroner. He's
8: quiet. He's so quiet.
4: Too quiet? He appears to be in a trance. I wish I knew what to do.
5: No, it's. Don't be discouraged. Marina will know. She. She was studying to be a nurse, but her parents lost their money. She'll help. Bless her Yes She's really a wonderful person She worries a lot But in the end you can depend on her Maybe Maybe what?
4: Maybe You and your wife should just Yes It's, it's not your fight
5: Yes Yes, Rachel, it's my fight It always was my fight Will you fight with me?
8: I don't know how Yes, you do. Children. Children. Oh, Thank the Lord. He looks better. Children. They have come for us. They have come. Oh, grandfather, just
5: be Listen, sure. outside. Around it, hold back. Look down.
4: Good,
8: Look down, the Nazis. They're climbing up the rocks. They know where we are. They know we're here. Come, Chip. I'm we know you're there. Come down. Oh, Tom Check, I'm sorry. I'm
4: sorry for you.
5: I can hold him off. One man with a rifle can knock him down one at a time. We'll hold out till dark and we'll, we'll try to run for it. No, Tom Check. It's no
4: good. And I'm so tired.
5: We've no, no don't lose to courage,
4: Tom
8: Check. Save yourself, Tom Check. A Tom Check, you're a sensible person. There comes a time, there comes a time when...
4: When
7: what?
8: When, when he no longer
4: hears our prayers. When he says, my children, it is your will. Do with it whatever you will. Destroy yourselves in your own madness. I abandon you.
5: Oh, Rachel, Rachel, you mustn't say that.
4: Grandfather. Grandfather, let us save Tom Jack. Let's give ourselves up. Grandfather. Grandfather.
8: Behold, my children. Behold. Sing. That thing he made is moving. The people shall be saved. The murderers shall perish. Grandfather, what have you done? We have been sent a champion. It's it's a giant. The champion shall smite the mad killers of the innocent. Grandfather. I have written the awful, never-to-be-forgotten words. I have breathed the force of life. Into the champion. Clay giant is moving. Clay no longer. But fire and steel. Look it. at it. You look through me. It has acquired the force and power of a million sons. He shall burn away the evil that surrounds us. I charge you, champion. Avenger... Protect us all them Go forth Go forth Go forth In there take them alive
5: destroyed them all to the last man. What, what was it? You saw
4: a golem. Where did it go? It vanished as if into thin air. The pious old folks still believe. Oh, and they assure you Will reappear one day when someone shall awaken him to save the people.
5: What is that you're saying?
4: I, I, oh, I, I remember reading the story of the golden,
8: Rachel. Rachel, grandfather. Uh, you know, my head, I, I had the strangest dream. I dreamed... I was living hundreds of years ago... And... And I I was... Who is this man? Where have I seen you before?
4: Come, Grandfather... We must be on our way.
8: Where? Where? I... I'm so tired of running... We will join the partisans.
4: It's time we stopped running and started fighting.
3: Is there, was there, a golem? The question is, what is a golem? A thing of irresistible force. Well, so is a bomb. A British or American bomber flying overhead may have dropped one. On the other hand, the old gentleman was a scientific genius. He could have made one. Or it could have been what you heard. A golem. I'll be back shortly. a legend that a medieval Hebrew scholar created a creature of great strength and power to rescue his beleaguered people from the madness of a mob. A creature called a golem. It is significant that the word golem means unfinished. And this is fitting because to save the world, we can only depend on a certain amount of help to be given us. The rest of the effort must be our own. Our cast included Robert Lansing, Mildred Clinton, Patricia Elliott, Ralph Bell, and Robert Dryden. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams...
0: was The Golem from CBS Radio Mystery Theater, here on the Mysterious Old Radio Listening Society podcast. Once again, I'm Eric. I'm Tim. And I'm Joshua. I'm going to start with this. Claire, I am so, so happy that you like the podcast, that you listen to this podcast. I am uh, really, really grateful for you. So please... Claire, do not get mad at my opinion of the golem.
1: <laughs> well, this is perfect, because I can open with another sentiment. Claire, I also fell in love with this the moment I heard it. <laughs> Thank you for recommending it. Good. I gonna... also came prepared to defend it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want to start here, though, and it's not about the golem, not about this episode. It's about some a realization that I had. You know, you have these moments where you realize you've lost a piece of your childhood, and it's gone forever. Examples of that are when Johnny Carson came back on, I think MeTV is now airing it. And I was really excited. They're going to air the Johnny Carsons every night at the same time. And for months, I kept watching it. And I finally realized it doesn't stand the test of time. I can't sit and watch it. It's awkward. It's weird. It's not funny. And it saddened me greatly. I still watch it because I listen for the bump bum, bump bum, and then I hear that in the background, and it reminds me of my childhood. Consequently, and there are things like Star Trek, the original. I think that as much as a lot of us really love it, I think that it's very arguable that a lot of it we give a pass to because it <laughs> reminds us of our early childhood, and even though I think that stands a test of time more for me. This episode of this made me realize that my infatuation, my love, And I'm telling you right now that most of the time at night when I go to bed, I pick a CBS Radio Mystery Theater to listen to. Mostly because somewhere after that creak of the door, I'm asleep. (laughs) I love the music at the opening. I love E.G. Marshall's voice. I love the creak of the door. There's a whole YouTube. Someone put together all the ones that include the commercials because I love the commercials, and I realized, ooh, ooh, it's a Buick ad, yay! <laughs> and I started to realize that they're not as good as I remember them to be. And I think a lot of that has to do with doing, what are we, in our 27th year of this podcast? <laughs> I, it has a lot to do with how in-depth we've gotten with radio uh, drama and writing and presentation and performance that uh, I've gotten a little jaded, and I'm starting to see huge flaws in CBS Radio Mystery Theater. <laughs> With this one, I went, oh man, I think I love it because of nostalgia.
1: The, the irony, of course, is I've been dragged along on your nostalgia for many episodes yeah. of CBS Radio Mr. Theater that I bored the pants off. Now, right. And I think this is hands down the, the, the best. best that I've heard. So we'll get in the discussion once we find out if Tim <laughs> has scared Stiff
2: sitting between us. <laughs> Why do you have to fight? Why can't we just have a nice vacation? <laughs> that's, that's Tim's job usually is to try to make a C.I. I eye. liked it very, very much. It had a lot going on for it. I'm sure I had some sort of negative thought about it, um, but it's tough to remember <laughs> because there's so much about it that I did like. It has an elegant simplicity to it that I
1: think is foreshadowed in the first moment when we hear Marina the mother reading reading the a bedtime, bedtime story. story. And then obviously the Golem is a Jewish folk tale, and it's almost told like not a fairy tale story but like a
2: folktale about a mm-hmm. real historical time period with mm-hmm. the This was Nazis. also uh, just to start off with it One of those times that uh, CBS Mystery Theater did that opening, here's a little teaser of what's going to happen that I thought was effective, Hmm. because it's a deceptive teaser. What you think is happening is very different than what's actually happening. Exactly, I
1: heard the teaser and I was like, "Well, thanks once again, CBS Radio Mystery Theater." I guess there's going to be a golem and he's going to kill a bunch of Nazis. Which, a, I'm on board for. Yeah, that's. (laughs) I'll wait 45 minutes for that. But I was like, "But you've kind of killed the suspense." But that's not the suspense of the story. It's about people's choices about listening to your conscience, following your faith, choosing redemption, even if it means death. So there's these heady things, and they somehow get suspense out of it. And you're like, well, yeah, there's going to be a monster that's going to kill Nazis at the end, but you're hooked by these
2: (laughs) (laughs) moral quandaries going on in the body of it. And I will give you my critique, my critical bit here, because it did eventually come back to me, is it does have a little bit of a trope of the traitorous wife, the faithful man who does the right thing, and his wife who's like, no, I will not do the right thing, I will do the bad thing. But even in that, there's a lot of motivation uh, that's understandable. Mm-hmm. It's Nazis, and she has a child. and
1: Yeah, she's in a hard place. Yeah, I can see the preference like, hey, maybe a, a role reversal would have been good. But I, yeah, I think it's it manages Praising just, with faint damnation, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it, it manages to overcome that.
0: All right. Um. <laughs> I'll roll it out. First of all, they do those teases in CBS RMT. Uh, they do those teases, and this one I realized the tease wasn't lifted from the story. That exact scene didn't occur again. No. Right. And I went, wait a minute. Is that how they always do it? No, but do they always do it that way? Is the tease always like something like this, but not exactly this? And I've never noticed that. Or is this the first time? So if you guys have no idea, right? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I I'm was... usually too bored. <laughs> <laughs> but it struck me this time. I went, wait, that's not what happened. That's not a lifted from it. So I... And I can't remember if all the teases are like that or not. But I also don't watch movie trailers. I think that they destroy everything. If you say, superhero is going to blow some stuff up, I'm sold. You don't need to, <laughs> you, you don't need to show me stuff. All right. <clears throat> Let's start with my overall big problem with this. And that is, there's too many stories going on. It doesn't know what story it wants to be. For example... There's the story, the grandpa's been taken over by a rabbi that lived 600 years ago, right? So that's a story. A guy's been possessed by some soul from the past. Of course, there's Nazis, right? Uh, The dilemma and moral choices stories. uh, There's betrayal by a spouse in a difficult, horrifying situation. There's the story of a man who does nothing and watches the horrors of war and just stands by and lets it happen, denying those in need to save himself. Uh, The daughter and the husband have a storyline, kind of, I feel like yeah. that they're kind of falling in love in a weird way. It's not specifically stated, but it sure sounded like a story mm-hmm. that was going I'm sorry, on.
1: I know the, these are negative things. It actually filled 45 minutes with story.
0: <laughs> it No, there's too many narratives. Mm-hmm. There's too many storylines. It To me, it didn't know what it wanted to be. In addition, and this is really, really hypercritical, but the actor of The Husband and Wife, I don't remember his funny name right now, <laughs> Tom Check, yes, thank yeah. you. Those two actors were doing two different plays. It's, How so? I, I get that she's supposed to be nervous and uh, upset and shut up, shut up, shut up. But he was so—he was very even keeled. She was so, very not. There's a middle ground to meet on having. I'm this kind of person and you're even keeled that isn't so separate. There was so much difference between their portrayals of it that it seemed like two different plays That's going on.
1: fair. But how I read it was that he had just come home after seeing this horrific incident. And I read his performance as, I am going to cling to what I know is right, even though it's probably going to kill you and our baby in the crib i <laughs> managed to get a hold of feeling like i think i know what the right thing to do is now and he was just keeping himself as unemotional as possible that's obviously me bringing a lot to the story and the performance but it I, didn't bother me i also had this fairy tale quality again to me the performances right. and the lack of accents i think are probably my favorite Let's thing talk about, about the that. entire
0: thing so as long as you brought it up yeah. this is something that i struggle with and have for 20 years as a playwright, uh, as a performer, that's such an interesting dilemma. If you're doing a show that takes place in Germany, you have a choice, right? It's for an American audience. Do you do it with accents or don't you do it with accents? You know, like Mm -hmm. Star Trek... Uh, I'll just use next generation. You know, there's a thing that bothers me about it that all of these different aliens and they all speak perfect English. I get it. it we're supposed so, to yeah, assume. Federation common tongue. Yeah. I, 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 I know. Dug. Oh, my
2: glasses slipped <laughs> down. There. That's
3: better.
0: <laughs> but you have a choice to make. Are we going to do this in accents or not? Uh, Joshua and I teach middle school and high school theater. I always make the choice, no accents, because they're not going to be any good. (laughs) If if I
1: could make the choice, no dialogue, I would.
0: (laughs) My point being is, this came up again, I go, they're not doing German accents. And in this particular case, I really wanted them. I'm in a play right now that takes place in Bosnia. And you see, I can't even say that. And I am learning to speak Bosnian, and I am do the whole play in Bosnian. And I have to have the accent when I speak English exactly right. And the choice was made for an American audience to do this, not only in the language, but to have the accents as well.
2: So you're just mad at these actors who got off so easy. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I mean, I agree. There's a lot of thorny decisions they made there of even specifically Germany, specifically Nazis, if you have these guys doing a German accent, it has to be incredibly good to not be a little comic.
1: And honestly, if you put the script in front of me and I hadn't heard it and we were having this discussion, I would say, yeah, we should do German accents for the Nazis. But having heard it, I was so amazed at how much that German accent, when associated with Nazis, it distances you. These are Nazis from this far long ago time. He was really frightening to me. Because he sounded because like Because he just sounded like anybody. This could happen anywhere. And it goes back to, again, I keep saying, it, the, yeah. the fairy tale quality of this story. Yes, it's set during a historical time period, but they even start with somewhere in Central Europe.
8: Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's a
1: choice. Forest to, that covers... And forest and a forester, it's a fairy tale. And that made him so menacing. It's hard to do a German accent and mm-hmm. be a little charming. Because he turned on the charm, and that was yes. just vile when he did mm-hmm. that without the German accent. It would seem campy in a German accent.
0: Let me be clear that I'm not saying I, I I was mad that they didn't do the accents or happy they didn't do the accents. It just opened up this Pandora's box of oh, thinking yeah. that I've been dealing with for 30 years in theater of when is the right time to have accents and when isn't. And I will say that it didn't bother me listening to the story go, oh, I just did a German accent. <laughs> why is it not there? I just thought about it and went, wow, how was that choice made for this?
1: It may not have been intentional. It may just have been like, I'm not doing a German accent. Or I can't do it. it could be we're grappling with this here, you know, 40 years later, and it was just sort of like, uh eh,
0: Bill can't do a German accent. Everybody just speak normally. But a couple
1: <laughs> weeks ago, we did a play, audio play, that had German accents, like 18 mm-hmm. different German characters. Yep. And when I heard this, I went, oh, we should have done it without any accents.
2: <laughs> yeah, and especially it, it, when and everybody has a similar accent, it gets hard. Yeah, And especially because audio. But it's
0: so fun. The German accent's too fun not to do.
2: Well, I think it's a certain I amount of
0: distrust
1: accent. because I think my, my instinct when we were talking about that script was that, well, the audience isn't going to know they're supposed to be German and they might right. not know that they're bad guys and all this stuff. And so, I mean, I think... There's something in just trusting your performance and the script. I'm not saying no more German accents anywhere. <laughs> in fact, no more German accents in Germany. <laughs> Let's get the UN together and vote on this. Uh, I, just, I just mean, it really changed my mind. I'm with you, Eric. I tend to always think, oh, if you can do an accent... Especially, it's just more interesting to listen to. But, this, this but in radio powerfully. drama,
0: we've talked about this before, the accents and the mm-hmm. over-the-top characters help you to differentiate and figure out who is but who. This but this actor did a lot of
1: delineation. They weren't accents, but they gave very distinct qualities. Right.
0: Two of them were in different plays. <laughs> in
2: contrast to uh, the thesis that too much is going on, I really liked that they, I think they accomplished a lot of things successfully. Yes.
0: You liked all the different storylines that were going on. Because I
2: think they sort of harmonized. There was some Mm -hmm. thematic... uh, (laughs) I busted out an artsy word there. (laughs) Um, I liked that they went full Holocaust, which sounds terrible. But so often in in dramas, it's powerful to have Nazis, but the Holocaust is actually kind of... This is icky. Uh, And this was really about the Holocaust and not about Nazis. Right, I get what you're saying, yeah. Tackling I, that head on. And so it had a lot to do with the Jewish faith, but being told from the perspective of Christians, who were technically safe because of the Christian faith, but were experiencing it through like the Peter denies them three times mm-hmm. and Judas's betrayal. They were really experiencing it through a Christian faith. Mm-hmm. And was, I thought that worked very effectively. Yeah, it made those disparate storylines and disparate themes, I, I felt like, work together well. Basically, I think E.G. Marshall says something
1: like this in one of his uh, little interstitial bits where he says, finding out what you believe the hard way. That's kind of what this story was. Because Marina is clearly a Christian woman, too, uh, because she hears the voice. I think they do it in narration about one of you will betray me tonight. She says, Lord, save us. But they draw this clear line between she asks to be saved. Well, Tomczyk hears this call and saves someone else. Golem means unfinished. Yep you have to act um, you know what good is faith if it does not produce deeds <laughs> so he must have read the book of james
0: did you know anything about golem before this or did mm-hmm. you do all, a little you, bit i had never really I did, done yeah. my research you did yeah it's fascinating how yeah. uh, wide ranging a golem is it's not really very specific it can mean all sorts of things and it's sort it's of... a verb and an adjective and a real thing yeah. and it's like all sorts of connotations yeah. to it my question to you literary types I, it occurred to me that Mary Shelley might have been inspired by this mythology because of bringing something to life. Is there it's, any connection been made? It's certainly
1: been said. I don't know that she ever said it. There have been a lot of comparisons. People yeah, have compared yeah. Superman because it's two Jewish kids who created Superman. And, and oh, really? And he's basically a golem. Yeah. It's Wait, this sort of character who will come you know, and save us.
0: Superman's parents are Jewish. <laughs>
1: <laughs> His creators is actual in the but, real world. Schuster and Siegel. Yeah. yeah, they are. They were young kids who created Superman and Jewish wrote immigrants, in yeah. early comics. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I,
0: I see what you're saying. Yeah, not the actual his, creator, not the parents in the. Yeah, Kal El, totally Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> in in that farm yeah. in Ohio, I don't know. Okay, so yeah, yeah. yeah yes, the so they gets, created, yeah. so that that Just was trying
1: not to do that joke.
0: <laughs> I'm trying to move on. Sorry, <laughs> we're no, staying no. here for a while. <laughs> I can see that that it was influenced by that, and that mythology and
2: like Superman is the immigrant
0: story. Come to a new land and yep. find a new home. And, yeah, mm-hmm. it's a I'm, fascinating thing to look up. It leads to my thing with there's too I'll many put stories. In a going quick out.
2: parenthetical: If you look in the monster manual in Dungeons and Dragons, uh, there's several <laughs> which sp- I won't. <laughs> several subtypes of golem, including one is a flesh golem, which is essentially Frankenstein's monster.
0: Well, if I ever end up playing, that's what I'm going to be.
2: Yeah, days are coming.
0: I'll meet you at the Tree of Woe and get six upgrade lightning points. I just actually said something real, didn't I? By accident. Uh, Here's the deal. As I talked about too many stories going on, and you know how I think, and it's because, because there's a story here that I want to hear. I get it there's betrayal and there's what should I do in the situation and there's this and that and this and that but you know I like you like a plot not <laughs> only a plot I like the Indiana Jones I like the adventure. What was the one we saw where those things came to life? And I was like, that's all I wanted it to be about, is those things coming to life and crushing everything. I it don't remember should
1: that. It could be a uh, lot of different stories. man size to- and marble? <laughs> yes, man size and
0: marble. That was it. And I was like, why is... Th- it was 10 seconds of marble men coming to life. <laughs> that should be three acts of marble men crushing. things. What? So I'm looking up Gollum, and I'm thinking, ah... I just really wanted this story to be about the Gollum should appear in the first act followed by the Gollum fighting and destruction and action for the next two acts. <laughs> it should just be golem, <laughs> golem. So I'm looking this up and there's a common Russian version of this story where an older couple whose children have left home, they make a boy out of clay, they dry him by the hearth, The Clay Boy comes to life, and at first the couple is delighted and treats him like a real child, but the Clay Boy does not stop growing, eats all their food, then all their livestock, then the Clay Boy eats his parents. The Clay Boy rampages through the village until he is smashed by a quick-thinking goat. Wait, that, that's, that's the story I want. That's not a
1: golem, that's just having kids. <laughs> nothing supernatural about that story.
0: Do you get my point though? Like I just want a rampaging golem that, that gets tricked by a goat. I, I
1: get that. I think this story very clearly tells you from the very top it's not going to be that story, Eric. You I can know. almost hear him go, "Eric." <laughs> I thought that that was what the teaser promised. You, no, you're right. But as soon as you get out of the teaser, um, right. the, the, like I said, the suspense comes from a totally different place. Does Although the... I think it is interesting about the Golem story that there are two very prevalent, more general versions of the Golem story. The very original is this champion. He saves them and then goes to sleep or disappears to save them again someday and these later versions have the golem it's more like Frankenstein stories (laughs) and things where the golem becomes this thing that is out of control and turns on them and has to be destroyed and I think it's interesting that this story mainly harkens back to that early golem story as in this is the champion in these dark Mm -hmm. times but it also, not to frustrate Eric by even more layers, but it very much layers on that idea of Golem as atomic bomb. Yeah. But he's all fire and destruction. Yes. He's Yeah, the, the thousand suns. And we also know that he's a chemist, the old man, working on a, right. an amazing explosion. So this is yet
2: another little Thing I like that ambiguous ending it gave it of, like, this could have been a Golem that laid waste to all of this, or a bomb could have dropped from one of the overhead planes, or this guy was a chemist. So, like, who knows
0: what happened here? Or maybe a goat ate him.
2: <laughs> quick-thinking goat. Tricked
0: him. Oh, no, smashed by a oh, quick-thinking goat. Headbutt. I really want to read how that quick-thinking goat pulled that off. <laughs> There's a bunch of goats hanging around. What should we do?
8: <laughs>
1: You're not the right goat for this job. <laughs> I'm sure this is the kind of analysis Claire was hoping for <laughs> when she suggested this story.
0: Well, I think I think she should be happy that the two of you loved it so much. Mm-hmm. And I don't hate it. It's, again, it, it's either a story about morality and betra- or betrayal or making choices Or it's a story about a crazy monster, or it's a story about a guy being possessed by a 600-year-old rabbi. I I feel adamantly it can be all those things.
1: It almost reminded me of a Quiet, Please script in that way, that it has a surface story, but you have all these things you can unpack. And maybe it's the penchant for combining supernatural monster element with theological ideas that reminds me of Willis
2: Cooper. But that's one of the things that I thought of right away. Well, it's
0: very Willis Cooper. Well, listening
2: to it, I... Which probably betrays a certain amount of my own skepticism. I kept thinking, like, you're counting on crazy grandpa to come up with magic champion, dude. Like, you kind of deserve to go <laughs> at this point. <laughs> right.
0: Anybody <laughs> else picture the golem as the very, very original Hulk? Is that it? Kind of looks a like. There's a classic
2: old black and white movie of the golem yeah. that has uh, that. I've seen a picture of what the. Golden looked in like in that is like just this big, clunky, sort of earth like creature with what looks like a really thick bob haircut. The Hulk. Is, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs>
1: the last thing I want to say about this, and one of the things I appreciated, is that you talked about a cynical response, but I think this story does a really good job, even though it takes this very kind of fairy tale, simple way of telling the story of not putting a neat bow on it. His wife is in prison, presumably. Tomczyk is not going to be able to just go back living in this safe um, little wooded area because something has obliterated all these Nazis and they're not going to believe a golem <laughs> did it, right? And right? so his family is ruined. We don't know what will happen to his daughter. You know. The old man and Rachel are going to go join a, a resistance of some kind and fight. And the golems just disappeared. He doesn't remember doing it. He didn't build in another sort of one. Fugue state, though. Like we don't even know what, how it really came about. So Right. I, I like that it's the real thing. You make a hard choice. He did the right thing, and the consequences aren't gonna be that the clouds are gonna part and a rainbow ladder is gonna yeah. come down.
0: The rainbow ladder. <laughs> I don't ladder. know when you
1: climb the rainbow ladder and do a happy dance uh, with the Care Bears. <laughs> I don't know. What... <laughs> I don't like happy endings, so I don't even know how they work. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> I presume that's what one of these happy endings are. Your your concept of heaven's weird, <laughs> yeah. dude. I'm on board. A rainbow <laughs> ladder to the Care Bear land? Yeah.
2: yeah. frost to Asgard, yeah. <laughs> that's yours? No, that's the Rainbow Bridge. It's... Yeah. Oh, right. That's... We should vote. My like, glasses fell down again.
8: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tim, you start.
2: I really, really enjoyed this episode. Uh, usually CBS Radio Mystery Theater, I feel like I have to cut a little slack of, like, here's that kind of 10 to 15 minutes of filler that... Usually, most episodes don't need. Mm-hmm. Uh, this didn't have it, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, this was uh, wall-to-wall good stuff. Sure, I'm living large. It's called. It's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Classics for everybody. Woo!
1: <laughs> we should add some Foley of him firing guns while he says that <laughs> into the air.
0: <laughs> yeah <Yeehaw! laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, But I, I agree with Tim. This is the first CBS Radio Mystery Theater. I've heard that I feel like used every bit of its 45-minute running time um, and didn't tread any old ground to pad it. And I, it hit all my buttons with the sort of a theological, moral quandaries, literary references, and it was something I could listen to once and really be engaged and then go back. And if I'm feeling like it, unpack all those ideas. It's a personal classic for me. I really, really loved it.
0: I thought it was... Uh... Uh, meandering and all over the place, and uh, lumbering like a golem. Lumbering <laughs> like a golem. Uh, I liked all the stories, just not all at once. Fair um, enough. I think any of those stories could have been drawn out into something very interesting and not padding for forty-five minutes, including, you know, thirty minutes of a rampaging golem. <laughs> <laughs> just ah, golem run. I, that would have been great with me. I'm simple. Uh, I will say this that. The Foley in this was better than most CBS RMTs. They sometimes get dialogue heavy and Mm -hmm. just two people standing in a room talking to each other with exposition. The Foley, I thought was phenomenal Mm -hmm. in this. And I will also say this. It was a very unique CBS RMT. Mm -hmm. Uh, It was way out of the bounds of things they normally do. you know that's not true either they're all over the place but Claire I really like you thank you (laughs) for listening and I promise uh, send another one and I'll like it I'll even lie (laughs) next time if I don't like it I'll say yeah I loved it
1: from now on, if you send in a request, let us know if you want sweet lies or the <laughs> <Right>. truth.
8: <laughs>
1: and we'll make
2: that work, too. All right. Tim, tell them stuff. Please go visit ghoulishdelights.com if you want to find other episodes of this podcast, because that's where they live. Uh, there's also information about their live shows, other things we do. It's also a great way to get a hold of us. You can link to social media outlets, Facebook, Instagram. It's also you can comment on individual episodes, because other people do. You can have little conversations with other people. They're awesome. Uh, Or just leave us a straight-up message and let us know if you have other episodes you'd like us to listen to, like Claire, who got such an excellent bit of truth from us.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can also go to patreon.com slash themorals and support this podcast. We've got a lot of... um rewards for people that's what i'll call them i used to call them fun stuff and it felt really childish so i'm trying to (laughs) go another descriptor but uh yeah we've got a monthly members only podcast the secrets of the mysterious old radio uh so please give us some money if you feel that way about us a money way about us if if our relationship is cheap like that (laughs) um you can also go to itunes and write a review because that's worth money to us too we love reviews so uh Consider doing something for us.
2: <laughs> Up next, I am bringing an episode from the series Obsession entitled "The Silver Cord." Until then,
8: look oh no! out! Woo!
2: <laughs> Classics for everybody!
8: Woo! Haba! <laughs> はい